Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button, like, sharing the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Enjoy. It was at this moment that he knew he bucked up. Now he fucked up! So skis was the reason you rap. Shout out Jay Skis, yeah. Shout out Jay Skis. Um, I don't know if if Skis and the crew of uh, uh, kids on Andover and Buffalo don't um, be like, yo, Deuce, you from Brooklyn? You rap? I was visiting my grandmother for the summer, and they like, yo, you rap? Spit something? In uh, Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would um, you know, that's where my that's where my family's from. That's where my mother and my father's from. And um, he was in uh, prison when I was born. And, you know, my mother remarried and moved to Brooklyn. But I spent all my summers, like, with my family and shit there. And so it was just one summer. And uh, my grandmother lived on Andover. Skis lived on that block. And I don't, I don't even know if he was a skis at the time or whatever we was going by. But they was like, yo, you from Brooklyn? You rap, spit something. And I spit something. And, like, I remember the joy of, like, saying something crazy off the top. Motherfuckers being like, oh, and like that, you know what I mean? Like that was the high. And then like, um, I think like Ski's mom crib, like had they had rigged up some type of recording scenario and we would just be there like every day, like just rapping. You know what I'm saying? How and old like, were you? Like 11, 12. Um, and so to just like be around that and see that. And then I remember, cause then I go back home and like, like I'd be in Brooklyn and then I like, I thought I was nice and I'd go get in the ciphers and like, you know, really get the blade sharp and like figured out how to like make my own little recordings and shit. Cause based on like what they was doing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and I, and I thought it was cool. Like, they just had a crew. They was rapping every day, going places, rapping. You know what I mean? Rapping in pack yards, just, just emceeing like for the love of it. Um, and you had love on your shit too. You shout out love, you. yo. Um. My cousin Destiny would not let me live this down if I didn't mention it. Apparently, um, Love and I are like cousins or somehow like or like my cousin is her cousin. Oh I'll, shit! I'll yeah, put it yeah. like that. But you know, Buffalo's a small place, so that's that's entirely possible. But as a as a human being, as an individual, as a talent, um, and that we got to work together, and that there's footage on the internet of um, this dope session that we had, and like, you know, um. It was dope. We was just going like kind of toe to toe, but like we made a, a dope like song, song like it wasn't just a bar thing. Like we wanted to do something like about black love, and so like we was just going back and forth. Like she go in the booth, do four to eight bars. I go in the booth, do four to eight bars, bounce the idea off of each other. Be like, oh, oh, that's how you come in, and then yeah, I mean, so like, um, and I got to work. It, yo, it's crazy to me in particular. And if you if you go, it's a, it's a thing on YouTube called How to Make an Album um, that we did for Midnight Orbis. And there's a scene where it's, uh, it's skis and it's love in the studio. And this is like maybe a month or two before they both get signed to drum work. And it was just, you know what I mean? I'm looking back on yeah. how dope it was that one, like, you know, skis is the homie. But I'd also just seen the talent and where, like, the energy was going. And, I, you know, him and love just happened to be, like, vibing already off each other energy and like seeing them in the lab together and seeing just like i think we had the last dance on over at bridge and shit so like yeah shout out love that's a fucking great track but 
I I'm so fucking happy Conway signed different types of artists. Like Skis and Love are so different than like not what you'd expect. And then uh, shout out Shots, and also Free D Rose. Shout out D Rose, past word, guest. Word, That's word. I was real upset word. when I heard that, but um, yeah. I was so happy he signed fucking like. Yeah, shout out to what they're doing at Drumworks. Shout out my guy uh, Chad Frigid. Over there, um, I was literally just chilling with some homies that know, you know, Chad through other channels, uh, through his brother and shit. But yeah, seeing what Conway's doing, the energy that that is, I f- and I feel like that was like most appropriate. I feel like that showed really the genius and how tuned in um, the machine is. Cause like, if you was really paying attention to who was like rocking the city and, and where the like high level spittery was. It was ease and love. Like it was yeah. it was that was that was a you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not even a question. So do you consider yourself like a Buffalo rapper at all? Like you came up in the growing up in Buffalo. Um yo, that's you're the first person that's ever asked me that. And if I'm honest, it's probably one of those things that I've had to deal with and even in feeling like uh imposter syndrome. What I'll say is like I said, Cause I didn't grow up in Buffalo, right? And I didn't go to school there, but I did grow up in Buffalo, and I did go to school there at the same time, right? So, yeah. I feel like more than anything, if you if you've ever heard the term Buffalo kid and what that represents, even beyond like you know the story that West built, um, I feel like I'm a Buffalo kid because all those kids is my homies, and like there was so much inspiration that we we you know, but partially because like. It's hot right now. Yeah. I don't even want to take that tat. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that I didn't want to, like, attach myself to because it was, like, hot and prevalent. And that's, like, an end thing. Well, Um, the reason I ask you that is because I want to, and I ask everyone who's affiliated with it, because it is a different scene, is, like, what, not what is it about Buffalo, but, like, you were in it from the beginning. Like, you grew up, like... Was it always different? Why is that such a different place than anywhere else? So on, artistically, I won't even on, say musically. On that, on that, and I feel like I'm special equipped to speak on this because I did. Um, I seen the dichotomy between like what it's like coming up in in New York City, and then how people in Buffalo even view New York City and how it feels to be a forgotten city. Or an overlooked city And even the way that the finances In New York State is set up That most of the resources go to New York City And then like Buffalo gets You know what I mean Like the shit into the stick on that note So And and I love like having seen The difference between both Which is part of why When you ask specifically Do I feel like I'm a Buffalo rapper? No But if you ask like what makes Buffalo like a super special place I can really speak on that Because I've seen it from like Being an insider and an outsider And what it is man you got to think, one, just geographically, how close Buffalo is to Toronto, to Detroit. Um, New York City is this glaring, distant presence, right? Uh, Ohio is close. You know what I'm saying? This is a small market town that has, like, a major football team yeah. still. So there's, like, all these elements that bring a lot of energy um, to the town. There's a lot of, like, being able to go to Toronto because it's an hour and some change away. Just being able to cross the border and be in, like, a whole different country. Um, but was it always yeah, as yeah. dangerous and as... 
for as long as I've known, yeah. Yeah. You got to understand, like... Because so when maybe I go not. there, I love Buffalo, and I've been there, and I love it, and I didn't... Like, I haven't spent real... But it is how people describe. Like, it is... So, here's the thing. And this, this is a story, if, you, if you're familiar with Detroit at all, the same thing, except Buffalo's an even smaller city. So, there's a time where, like, like I said, you would think... It should be a super prosperous city. It's uh, it's it's water. It's got port access. It's close to the border. It's close to a lot of major cities, and that really did make the town a popping place for a while. And it was one of those blue collar cities where, like, you know, people could people could build like a life and have the American dream. And then, you know, not to get super political, but just you follow the timeline around the same time that um all the jobs and like factory jobs that didn't require like, you know, high level college education or like high level uh, access barriers of entry that, that provided like great uh, means of living. Those jobs went overseas. And at the same time that those jobs went away, the crack cocaine epidemic happened. And, you know, it only takes something like that to ravage a generation, destroy a city. Um, and then once the city has reputation, it, you know what I mean? That spiral yeah. then goes upon itself. So, yeah, the poverty has been there. The crime has been there. Um, the, le- the level of despair has been there. Um, and I think when you, when you hear the term Buffalo Kids, and part of what makes this particular era and moment so special, um, and, and you feel it, it's, 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 it's something even beyond um, specifically Griselda. Now that you're seeing light get shined on the whole city and a lot of people are like going there and meeting a lot of like the movers and the shakers, they're really seeing like the super special kind of magic on the inside. And what it is, is a lot of kids who, despite these circumstances and despite how the vibe was, decided, so what? We lit. We got our own culture. We got our own unique things. Like the pizza there is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way they say they words and they carry their ours is different. Um, the access to, like, Toronto being an international, multinational kind of city, and that's a little closer than New York City is, is, is different. So then even you got to think, because all things trickle down as Toronto became a more prominent city, that that also helps just shine more light and bring love. But these kids all decided that, like, we would defy the eyes, that people would create art on their own means. You know what I mean? That like we figure out ways to make shit happen. And I think that spirit is really what is like making it so attractive and making it so magnetic. And then at the same time, you know, resources are starting to trickle into where they're beautifying certain parts. And, um, you know, that helps. But but when I look ground level, it's it's the kids, man. It's the cats who like y'all turn my house into, you know, an art space. I'll turn my house into the studio. I'll, I'll right, figure it it's out. It's not just music. It's nah, the nah, art. It's, it's the clothing. It's the like shout out skis again, but shout out his clothing line. Like yeah, the brown not brown not black. Um, shout out Esco. Esco come to mind heavy energy wise. Um, Another great track, the one you guys have together. Yo, Esco's on that too. Um, shout out to him energy wise for just being a leader, being provocative. It takes a certain type of energy to um. Do things that's ahead of the time and not be understood in the moment and know that like the work that you're doing is is generational. You know what I'm saying? And 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 to, like be so like I said, to just be so far ahead of the swag that motherfuckers don't even understand and take time to interpret. So 
I think that's what people are seeing. And now, now that there's like light being shined on it and there's a platform and, and you know, you know, all, all these different like media outlets are coming and, and they're checking it out. And then I'll even boil it down to like, if you want to like you really want to know Buffalo, look at CG. Look at look at the heart. Shout out CG. I know at, he's listening right now. Look Shout at the out. heart of that motherfucker, man. Like, like proof that like pure honest work networking and and being committed to the craft and being committed to this culture will do things for you we were Um, talking about this earlier with a friend who's in a has a podcast and he's in a predicament where he doesn't want to keep going and it really does and cg does embody this but it really does like and all of Buffalo does the, like, 10,000 hours. Fucking put your work in. Like, yeah. the reason I get inspired so much by them and by the comedians I do is who puts in the most work. Like That's it. I do two episodes a week of this just because I want to get to my 10,000 hours faster than anybody else. Like, that's... And fucking everyone I talk to has been see, said CG's been going to shows and supporting and loving forever. And Yo. he's killing it. Like, to see him written up Yo. in Rolling Stone. Yo, listen. And, and you first, and you can attest to this, right? And a lot of people attest to this. Uh, my stoop is legendary. And if you come by my crib and, and, and best I, so many people have, like, slept on a couch or in a room or some shit. But I remember specifically, um, I seen, because I started following CG when he was putting his work in. Um, and I just I just seen this cat who kept popping up. He's at shows. He was showing and like that. He was like the fact that I seen that like, yo, he's showing up at everyone's show and showing love before he's asking for anything um, was like incredible. Like I knew what that meant. You know what I'm saying? And so I seen that he had a bad experience staying in New York and I just reached out and I was like, yo, if you ever in New York again, like my crib is open to you. I want you to be able to come out here and like move around. And so since then, whenever he come through, like, yo. Like, even when we was at Supply and Demand, it was like, yo, stay for a week. Let's make music. You know what I mean? Like, do your thing. Move around the city. You know what I'm saying? Like, get out of your town. Get your head right. Um, And I've seen over the course of, like, two, three years, like, someone really work and transform themselves. And you guys see, like, every time that he'll come back for another trip, I get to see kind of up close. Like, you know, you follow the progression online or whatever, but then, like, Someone come and they kick it with you for like three days to a week and you really get to see how much someone grow as a as a man and as a, like dedicated to their craft and so like And loves it. It's a passion. Like yeah. it's a passion. Yeah, and he loves his culture. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like like it's always gotta be made sure that this culture is kept in like the right hands. And and CG's a motherfucker that'll always like take care of the culture. Um and make sure that that shit is preserved and honored and respected and the grace to respect it. That's crucial. So, yeah, protect CG at all costs. Shout out to my brother, man. Shout out CG. And he's talented as shit. On top of that. Fucking. Do you so know, I say, I say the G is for genius. C genius. That's, that's what I call it. His beats are so insane. And I'm happy that he's getting recognized on a national scale. As I said before, written about in Rolling Stone. Like, fucking. When I was 16... I got in a bad hockey accident to try to impress a girl. <laughs> and I had so that. a level, level five out of five concussion 
and I had to lay in a dark room for a month. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't watch TV. All I did was listen to stand-up and podcasts. And then when I finally got better, I started going to comedy shows, and I went every week. And I met all these, like, I don't know if you know who Sam J is. She has an HBO show called Pause. She has a Netflix special. Like, when I was 16, she was... Like, she was so nice to me. And now she's, like... And that's what I love about CGs, because, like, I see that, like... It's a passion, and that's fucking what it is. Like, that's also what it is. When someone's going to quit something, it's like... Do you have passion for it? Is it, like... Like, you've been rapping since you were a little kid in Buffalo. Yeah. And now look at... I mean, honestly, look at, like, where you are, where everybody, where we are in this space right now, like... Yeah, this is nuts. This is nuts. Uh, Wait, I remember talking to the microphone. Oh, yeah, live from the uh, CC88 Gallery, which is amazing. Uh, Cult Classics 88 just expanding into a space. And what's what's dope about this, I did this course with FIT uh, for sneakers and, like, business and shit. And one of the assignments was, like, to imagine, like, if you had, like, a space. And I did it, wrote out the concept, drew out a floor plan, forgot about the shit. You know what I mean? Like, submitted the assignment, smoked the blunt, kept going. When I'm, like, in this space, I was in here probably, like, four or five times, like, on some other shit. And the one time I'm in here alone, and, like, the brain muscles just click. And it was like, yo, wait wait and i like went and dug up the like assignment and the picture of the floor plan and it was this it was this shit and so like yo if if you want some shit write it down you believe in omens and shit and the yeah yeah all that good stuff you uh, your album is called acid and i feel like this is a shitty way to get into it no nah, like, no nah, let's 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 dive in were you always connected like or do you feel like hallucinogens played a part in that always connected but the story of how i did hallucinogens for the first time is like evidence of that connection so like the first time that i did mushrooms leading up to it i was on tour and i was touring from one side of the country from east to west and i planned on living in california at how the old end. are you <sighs> like 22 oh wow um so you were older huh you were older for my first like hallucination yeah. i guess uh, uh, older than i expected of you really yeah interesting okay. i assumed because your album was named acid like since you were young like you were tripping like i probably tripped for the first time when i was 19 or 20 wow okay okay um, no, nah, I was like 22. It but that's 22. still young. It is. I'm 24 right now, so you have to understand that's like ah. two years ago. Like. Oh, yeah, you're still, you're still, I'm 33. Okay, you look good as shit for 33. Thank you, thank you, Plant-based I appreciate that. Plant-based diet? Huh? Plant-based diet? That helps, that helps a lot. Um, <laughs> um, but so as I'm, I'm like going from east to west, and it's in my mind to do mushrooms, right? And everywhere that I go, there just starts to be like signs. Like we stop at like one place and I turn on the TV and there's a documentary special about mushrooms. We're in another city, flick on the radio, NPR special about 
mushrooms and the benefits of hallucinating right and this becomes like a recurring theme to the point where it's and it's like it's not the same like thing neither like it's different shit everywhere yeah and then as i'm like getting to california the homie who i'm gonna stay with i'm like yo i'm thinking about tripping and i've been seeing all this shit about mushrooms or whatever and his response is i have a jar this big full of mushrooms and i've been waiting for somebody to do them with Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's 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 so like when you say like um, the, like like was I in connected or whatever like or was it the hallucinogens? I was I connected to the hallucinogens, you know? Um, yeah. And then that experience in California, like I'm in Santa Monica for the first time, and I see like the pier lit up, like tripping fucking face, like floating. You know? It, Do you remember how much you took? An eighth. At least it's a good amount for your first time. Yeah, oh, I took like two grams, had a panic attack, loved it. Yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I've always been like chill about substances, and so yeah. mushrooms was just another one to try. You're like, you got a. This is all allegedly. You got to explain to me acid, the album, <laughs> or doing that, acid both. Um, Explain to, actually can you can you combine the two? I've had acid and mushrooms together, and I love both. What, that's a, there's a special term for that, right? Um, is it hippie tripping? Maybe like that. I call it Deuce Ellison. <laughs> actually, let's start that. Um, the the person who I did acid with for the first time, it's actually her birthday today. So shout out to her. Shout out her. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, can we can, before we start? Can we take a poll in this room, mushroom or acid room? Mushroom, shroom, acid, mushroom. I'm not gonna wake her up. <laughs> Both. Both. Do yes. sell a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy um, them individually for different reasons, but both together is um in my experience just like super smooth, super vibey. Um balances out the negatives. Probably gonna like get away. You were saying like Portland, Maine, right? Yeah. I love Portland, Maine. Probably not on this tour trip. I wanna I wanna like so the last time that I tripped, shout out to D Spliff who did the cuts on acid. So we'll keep this. Oh, really? We'll keep this. We'll keep this tied we'll keep in. it connected. Uh, and so when he came to do the cuts on the album, he blesses me with this like Altoid. And he's like, yo, this is some strong shit. And it's like double dipped in this strong shit. <laughs> it's a gift. I'm like, thank you, D-Swift. And I was like, I'm going to save this for like, you know, you don't, you, you know, a special was, occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and like months passed. I kept wondering, you know what I mean? Like, is, is this the time? And then the time happened. It was just the time. And dude, that shit had me so. Fu- I felt like, you know, those episodes of Ren and Stimpy. I don't yeah. know if like like when they were like fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't even. Yeah, yeah. Like that was just life. Like. Um, it was a great trip, but it was so fucking intense. It was so goddamn fucking intense. The album was done. It was set to come out. I think like it was a week before like the Billboard was gonna go live. 
I had like the clothes and the shoes. And I remember there was a point where like I had on like the full like acid fit that I like designed. And like, I'm like, it was surreal. It was really surreal though. And like, um, I think I played like that Makami album. And you got to remember like. Pray for yeah, Haiti. Pray for Haiti joint. And like, it's Mark CG and CG on there. And we were, like those are my brothers, like and I yeah you have the whole project with Monk yeah yeah that's killer yeah and then like even for uh, Midnight Ouroboros like if you see the footage like a lot of the creation of that is just Monk and CG in a room with me even even when like um like we all made shit together and there's like a beat or two that's like me Monk and CG that y'all just ain't heard yet um because you know. But like you're like they're both like co-producers across the album, um, and and just so like having like seeing both of them in the room together and like we've all vibed and like those are like my brothers and I got love for them and I and I've like I've been in the studio with Wes and with Monk and I've seen how Wes work and I've seen Wes go through like packs of beats for CG and packs of beats for Monk. And just sit and CG like, sends him like 45 beats at a time No listen listen I've seen Monk One time Monk was at my crib And uh yeah. Did you guys Monk. just grow up together? Monk? How'd you meet Monk? Nah 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 I knew Actually like There was a time where like um, We were doing shows in Buffalo And like we'd be on a lot of the same bills And we were just like different crews And just I don't know We just never really spoke But like had like a lot of mutual respect And then um I think as we both evolved into producing, we was just at a show that was involved. That show was fucking legendary. Shout out to Tony Boy for throwing that show. That show had on the bill, it was Rome Streets, Jamal Gasol, Deuce Ellis. Benny was a special guest. Um, Riggs was a special guest. Um, Monk was there. And I'm missing somebody. But That is an insane lineup. And like... This is like maybe four or five years ago. So like Okay, that's right when I was getting into Buffalo. Yeah, that's what Re- I'm saying. Reject like, two is the first project I've ever heard. Reject two is probably like just out. Like, you know what? This yeah. is before uh Benny dropped not even the plugs, but Tana Talk three. Yeah, that was er- this is way before this, that. Yeah, this yeah. is this is before this is like way early. So like but it, that night was super special. And like I said, that night was special because um, that's probably when Monk and I connected. And the same thing, like, he was in New York, needed a place to be, called Classics Compound. So, you know what I mean? A lot of people come through the compound, the studio's there, there's space for people to chill, neighborhoods dope, move around the city, you know what I'm saying? And um, he stayed there a couple of times. And on um, one of those trips, we ended up, there's this thing called the Brooklyn uh, Synth Expo. And like all they bring like all the synthesizers and guitar pedals and gear and it's just one big room of like all these fucking gadgets and gizmos and like toys. And so like I love going to that shit. Like I go to that shit every year, like a big ass kid, like in a toy store. And like Monk's here and I'm like, yo, dude, like you gotta come. Like this shit is the shit. And so like he comes with me and like, you know, this shit is like sensory overload. Like they but I buy some shit. Yeah. Like long story short, like I buy some like fly shit, and now it's time to like use that shit. And so we like we just start cooking up like beats. Like I had the studio in the kitchen for whatever. I felt like at the time, right? I felt like it'd be dope to make beats and cook food. Like, 
<laughs> no. Action Bronson style. I didn't even think of it like that. Like, I'd just be making beats and having to go to the kitchen, and I hated having to, like, stop to, like, you know what I mean? And I was like. Shout out. Great producer and rapper Shamil Kumar, Shamil Shamil. He has a his whole production studio set up in his kitchen. Wow. And he does that shit. Yeah, yeah. I did that for a while. I did that for a while and then I just got over it. My my I stay moving around like creatively. Like right now I have the NPC in here and I've just been coming here and like when no one's here and like making beats by myself with like the lights out but that's a, we'll get to that another time so monk is is there and we end up just cooking up um but no we didn't grow up together specifically but i've known them buffalo kids buffalo you know what i'm saying kids, yeah. and then like you gotta think like esco and my and my dj tiger were tight and esco and i got to know each other and then like him and monk's cousins and then like Monk and Ski's been tight, and I've known Ski's for forever, and then, like, we all did shows around, like, times together. So, you know what I mean? Like, you see faces a lot, uh, and then we started, like, you know, working together and being on the scene a lot and just being able to provide each other with, like, opportunities and, and vibes and shit. So. Did you keep going with music the entire time, like, from a little kid, or was there a time where you, like, stopped and then got back into it? Uh, Probably. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I've just lived life at times. But, like, so definitely, I like, mean, is there, like, a moment that you're like, all right, that's when I took it seriously. That's when I, like, became the professional. Probably, like, last year or so. Where, um, after, after Camo Ellis came out on vinyl and it, like, sold out and people like marched to it during George Floyd and they posted that and it just I, n- I had never really like I'm not 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 to say that I'd never seen my music like change lives but I just never seen something like that that felt the way that that felt um and then I did Orbis and that was probably like the most just fun that I had and I was in a dark place too like a lot of things in life like went hayward during like the start of the uh the end of the world thing or whatever and um music really got me out of it and and not it wasn't just getting me out of it but it was like being of service and making like music that was a service like got me out of it so um yeah i don't know probably before that i had just been i had been moving slower for a while i felt like um I wouldn't say that I wasn't taking it as seriously, but it wasn't as urgent. Like, in in these last few, like, like, over the last year and last few months, like, it felt like, like I needed every day to, like, work and, and, and crack at and create and, like, push through and I whatever. think it's the perseverance of... If you got shit done over this time, yeah, I was in a really dark place right before, and um, shit. I mean, we were talking. You said you've never done DMT, and that's not the main reason. Well, but I smoked DMT, and I wanted to start this podcast, and I went through a bad time, and all those things came together, and now we're here talking to each other. 
And it, it works like that sometimes too. And like I'm aware of that. One of my favorite Lauren Hill uh, speeches is about the peaks and the valleys, right? And you know, if you if you've read anything, I don't know, Robert Greene comes to mind. As soon as you're up, right, and you're and you're up top, Lauren speaks on how a lot of people want to stay on that particular up, not realizing that like part of life is that you go back down through the muck in some form or another, so that you can climb back up. And ideally, you go down gracefully and you bring as much wisdom from the, your, your current mountaintop with you. And if you go down gracefully, it's not as much of a fall as much as just you understand nature. Because, I mean, autumn happens, right? Winter yeah. happens. Like, there's a, there's a season for retreating. There's a season for things dying so that they can be reborn, right? So, you know, I, I, w- I was grateful I guess, like I said, like it, it was dark just because the sun wasn't out, if that makes sense, you know. Um, but that also just meant, you know, fertile ground for for new creation, for new life. And so I, I just hope that that passes on to anybody who happens to catch it, that like, it's not unnatural to go through, and there's nothing wrong with you sometimes when like life takes turns. It's not life being mean or unfair or like, why is it? You know why is life being like this like nah it's just part of like the cycles in nature like it rains so this just bear with me for it i uh i love riding my bike and i was riding my bike the other day and i ate shit and i fell real hard on the bike path i fucking scraped my hand open yeah, I have to be on antibiotics from it because it went so deep and shit. I scraped up my whole back and shit. I got fucked up, but it didn't hurt that much. It didn't hurt that much, and I get scared to fall because I'm worried how much it's going to hurt. And I think that's fucking emotional pain, anything, where it's like we're so we're more scared of the idea of the actual pain of it than what the pain actually is. If that may, like, because once it happened, I was like, oh shit, that hurt. But that's not even nearly as bad as what I imagine the pain of falling off the bike would be. And I think that's the same thing emotionally. Like, oh, fucking getting dumped when you get your, like, heart broken. You think, oh shit, there's never going to be a time where it's, like, gets better. But you're like, no, once you get through it, you realize that's how you get bigger and better, and the pain isn't nearly as bad as what you imagine that idea to be. That's why I like getting tattoos. You know what I mean? Because, uh, again, you think it's going to hurt. You think that it's like going to be this terrible thing, and then you get it. And there's actually like something therapeutic about being able to just like zenfully endure the pain. You know what I mean? Like, because there's a, there's a space where you get to, you just like, you know what, too? Bro, I broke my leg when oh, I was shit. like 11. Like, snapped it in half. I thought that I could do a hurricane runner off of like the top of the slide onto somebody unsuspecting. And I landed on their shoulders perfectly, but they were not prepared. And they buckled under my weight. And then they fell on top of me, falling on top of them, falling on top of my leg. And it broke like viciously. <laughs> And it took me like 11, no, 18 months to be able to walk again. It was like 11 months in a cast and then like 
another like six months in this in the, the whatever the other thing is and like therapying my leg like my leg was like the size of like a person's arm when yeah. it came out um but i say all that to say like moments like that you understand and appreciate that like i don't know pain isn't that permanent it's it's part of life um he, you learn the healing process you know that's um, why yeah i'm a very anxious person and a very self-hating person and i feel like that's what pushes me and it's funny when i trip <laughs> most when comedians I, are <laughs> <laughs> when i take mushrooms i know there's going to be a time where i have to deal with those questions and everyone who's i don't know if not everyone but when if you've tripped you kind of understand and oh. I kind of like the pain of that. I like the pain of having to prove to myself that I'm worth it. Wow. Even though I know that's going to be the challenge I have every time. You know what happens for me tripping? This is completely different. It's um, the art of control through letting go. Mm. You know what I mean? Like That's usually where my trips take me. It's like, yo, let go. And, and like, because like, the real magic is like... You set intention peacefully and gently and you set that upon the universe and then you just do the action and you let it happen. We're usually wound up pretty tight and feel like there's so and like you can't really control the invisible stuff physically anyways. You kind of just tripping helps with that for me. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm just a bit more in tune with um, the notion that the invisible stuff is doing what the fuck it's supposed to be doing. So you do that hurricane jump off someone to break your leg that is your probably there's a reason i'm saying this <laughs> that means that growing up you probably had and i don't want to speak for you were you like an angry person nah. no were you always calm and chill because it's funny i will say that i'm an angry person and i deal with anger and people are like oh my god what and I feel like that is what uh, I assume you, because doing that shit, I was like, oh, maybe he was like. No, no, I was being a big ass kid. Like, I thought, like, I was Ray Mysterio Jr. or something. All right. Like, I well, then that, like, I assumed wrong, <laughs> and I'll go fuck myself. No, it's okay. I, really, I, I was I, just I, trying to relate. I, I legit. <laughs> but, but no, the thing is, most people, when they meet me, they think that I am like a mean, like, person. Like, no, I've I don't that think so, you're a mean person. I've gotten that so many times, or like, that, like, you know, you seem like a person who got pat, like an, an enlightened person. I appreciate because you're chill. I appreciate and you that. give off good energy and vibes of just like happiness and chill. When I met you at Supply and Demand, when I walked in here, you know what's wild? They never tell what happens to the Buddha after he finds enlightenment. Like the story kind of ends there. And that was annoying as fuck to me because I was like, do you know how annoying it is to like live like an enlightened life in theory, like and still like you know like be on earth like like the, the story ends there like and then he's not really like the dude no more he's this like metaphorical figure like but don't you think okay so like when i did and i've talked about this on the podcast and we talked about this before but when i did mushrooms i mean not mushrooms i did dmt and i met the buddha when i talked to him yeah yeah i um i see that as like and he told me I knew what I needed to do. And it was, he was happy and he was laughing. And it was kind of like, yeah, once you are 
in like once you realize you can put your hands in the safety of the universe then you're free to do what you really want i think that's what happened to the mayans man like, explain i think they just got enlightened and then they like vibrated at a level that wasn't physical no more yeah yeah like collectively like they collectively had their energy vibrating on a high and like that took them out of here i I, you know what i mean because like it's probably the one like plight of humanity it's hard to get people to all work together and especially on like uh esoteric matters maybe like church church is good for that but church always gets corrupted by like well, I used to, I, all right, people, <laughs> I used to, th- I had this really high thought once and it sounds like a high thought. So that's why I am. When you say high thought, oh, that. you meant like, like high. Yeah. I thought you like meant like high for a second. Like but it's elevated. also that. Okay. Where it can like be both. Church. church was the first place where music could be heard. Like a religious ceremonies is where music was. Think so? I feel like music was in the streets. I feel like it was religious ceremonies because I feel like it was a control. Nah, because that's were a playing on with like time. The, people were banging on like the wall, but I, I get what you mean in terms of like organized music or musicians being paid. Well, I would say I don't even I f- mean like a Christian church no. or like a. I mean like just spiritual. Just the ceremony. Uh, the of ceremony, people. yeah, and that's why I f- music like, is church like that, though. Yeah. So I I get that because if you if you've ever it's seen a manipulation like, of time. Ooh. If you've ever seen music just happening, people will just gather, and then like if music's happening and people are interacting with it, damn, that's one thing. I've I've been like a little sif with that. Maybe it's because I'm not used to performing around people again. But like music, when you're interacting with the people, um, it's alive. That's why it's live music. You know what I mean? Because like. That's what I feel is different about comedy, but the same. No, because com- if when you're good, no, because bad comedy, I feel like is like worse than bad. because you anyone can talk, and seeing someone talk bad is like because you're like I could even talk better than that with music, even if it's bad. Someone might be like, well, I can't be as good as that but with comedy it's literally talking but when you get to good comedy when you realize you can connect with an audience then it is musical because it's a conversation between you and the audience if i'm if i'm being honest um i am in awe of comedians um, i'm in awe of musicians i'm in awe I, feel, of I feel like i feel like we share that that as as a trait and it's it's part of why there's a relationship between comedians and musicians and i was just have i did a show with the comedian and i was having this conversation because there's definitely levels and you and in all in all lines of entertainment right there are definitely like levels to the artistry to where it becomes poetic or you're not transcendent mm-hmm. right um and comedy in particular like there's there's things like just you know, combining timing and vulnerability with like boldness and just, you know what I mean? And like yeah. all, all the elements that come together that, you know, work into a genius set or just, you know, genius moments. Um, 
and how much preparation also goes into that like just because i'm sure for you doing the podcast just helps you like with talking more and having words come you know what i mean like yeah that's that's a part of it too is just keeping your conversational fucking muscle going and like oh to- i feel like comedy got so much better when i did the podcast it's like you learn how to like listen which is an actual skill wow yeah that's valid that's super valid um and so yeah just seeing like the so like i mean obviously at this point dave Chappelle has hit a level of comedic genius and i i, I honestly like uh killing him softly and the stand-ups that he did before that i didn't feel like like i felt like he was funny but i didn't feel like those were very funny stand-ups mm-hmm. um and that you know a lot of his jokes were in a certain realm that it was a lot of black and white stuff that was like cool but i just felt like there was more from dave and like seeing where he's been at as of lately have you ever seen um this is one of my favorite shits man he's like at a comedy club it's like on youtube and it's it's like from like years ago he was still like he had just gotten back into the groove of things and you can tell like he's still like figuring it out and he's just talking shit it's like maybe two three hours and he's just late night like at this random comedy club in new york and the people had no idea that like like he just came in and was like yo i heard there was a comedy show and i felt like coming through and telling some jokes yeah and you know what i mean the crowd is like yeah we're just gonna fucking sit here you know what i mean like it's yeah. dave and like you can see him literally just beginning to morph into the comedian that we see today in terms of like because that's also that's jazz that's live music i love rap live yeah but seeing rap with a live band <laughs> like tomorrow oh tomorrow you know the blue note jazz club yeah I'm going to see Jizza and Talib Kweli with a full jazz band. Oh, that's going to be sexy. That's, that's going to be, be really fucking that's, crazy. That's raw as fuck. And that's, and like, that's Dave Chappelle weekend. going up and doing three hours raw because like, any of those musicians can do what they want and it's yeah. going to be different than any other performance that they, than they've ever given. I actually, my live set has changed so much since I started playing guitar and like doing the NPC live. Um, And I I wanted, because I had seen like cats like FKJ like do their thing and like even like uh, shout out Ruben Dax, uh, Neon Vines. I'm trying to think of who else I've seen that's been like super inspirational who are like doing shit like live looping. Um, Oh, Brady Watts. Brady. Brady's dope. Um, the bass shout out breeze. yeah yeah um and so like seeing that just helped me like see a path of like what i wanted to do in terms of like being able to like do live and i i, I enjoy it too because like it means that like my rapping can like my whole set can kind of be more freeform a lot of times you know what i mean like it's not confined to like a track that has you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, yeah, you can I have do to get the DJ mean. four tracks, and this I'm doing the set, and this DJ doesn't know me, and so like, I gotta give him the tracks in perfect order. Or, you know what I mean? I like, can't wait to see you live. <clears throat> you haven't seen me live yet, man. Never. <sighs> okay. Okay. I saw see. Anderson Pock, and he plays the drums while, while he, he raps. raps. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. That's yo. There was a point where I was like trying to figure out how to rap. <laughs> And play guitar at the same time. And I was, like, getting frustrated as fuck. Lil Wayne style? Um, 
I mean, yeah, because <laughs> Wayne never even really rapped and played at the same time. But um, I mean, like he he probably helped inspire the notion of me picking up a guitar. As I think I he's one of the greatest. I don't care what people say. No, Wayne's one of the greatest. Period. Um, but I mean, just it, when he when he had that moment, like it was definitely inspirational. But I really wanted to take it to a place, and like you know, stay with it and be be nasty with it. I just felt like I owed that as a contribution to culture. Yeah. Um, to be like black and fly and rap good as fuck and play the guitar good as shit. Like I don't know, it just seemed like a mission I was like worth. And you, got, I picked up the guitar after thirty. Right, That's, so like, and it's hard to learn uh, um, a new habit. Yeah, yeah, but like passion, right? Like passion, and and I happen to really, really like it. Um, but so as I'm like trying to figure out how to rap and play guitar, and like I'm, I see Anderson Pack like drumming and rapping, and I'm like, yo, if you figure that out, then like my, yeah, you know I mean, like if it's humanly fucking possible. Then like I could do it. Like I yeah. seen another human like doing some shit, which means that like somewhere, it's just a matter of patience. And, and then the belief level. Like a lot of times, like like you just I, if if I can't if I'm stuck on something like like on a video game, sometimes you just be like, yo, today's the day. Fuck it, today's the day. I'm gonna figure this shit out. Like yeah. Or it's like comedy when you first go up and you're bombing Ugh. and you're like, what the fuck? And you just realize you got to stick through it. Like you got to And I still like my jokes aren't anywhere close to someone who's been doing it like professional level. But now I know how to work a crowd a little better. And I know if I continue the grind, then I will get to that place where I'm competent to a level that's important. And not just that light. And I know we're, we're wrapping up soon, right, Irish? We're getting cool. If anything, and like Robert Greene's book, Mastery. Wait, what were you saying? Sorry. Because I love books. I want to hear this. Robert Greene's book, Mastery. Okay. uh, Really hits on this. But um, just especially when you, you get to a certain level in your craft, it's not even just, it's so much more pleasurable to do. Like, I mean, I'm sure like, you know, the feeling like when you suck at something, it's almost, it's not even pleasurable to practice, but like, like you have that vision in your head almost of like, like for me, like, like I remember like when I first, when I couldn't even do like a C chord and I was like, I just want to wake up and like play some cool yeah i mean or like like if there's some girl over i just want to be able to like on a whim like just play like some cool shit you know what i mean like yeah and like i can do that now at the very least but like as you like get one level you want levels and levels higher and like do you know the god level of when like you can work a room comfortably you got great material yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, what I like and what the hatred, that self-hatred that in a good way pushes me is I like that, as I say, whenever I'm at the top of a hill, there's a mountain next to it. Like Exactly. That, that's what we were talking about yeah. with the valleys and the peaks. Like, yeah, like get this. up, and then you're like, okay. Like when I was at that mushroom festival, I, uh, I was tripping on mushrooms and I climbed an <laughs> expert level mountain. Okay. And I had only climbed one mountain before in my life. And getting like a quarter of the way up, I was like, this I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. And mountain? I'm tripping. Okay. And I, no, I'm tripping and I get to the top and I'm looking out over it. And it was fucking, like, it's one of those, like, when you're tripping, you're like, I get it, but. I'm also tripping. I'm to the top of the mountain and I see a taller mountain wow. next to it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. 
I want to do another mountain now. Yes. <laughs> that was like, and at first I was like, I yes. don't think I'm going to be able to do that shit. You didn't and even now, think you were going to be able to do the first one. Yeah. And that's fucking, it's high, high thoughts with Sam Buck. Welcome to the spinoff podcast. The spinoff podcast. High thoughts. You have a new, uh, you have a new, I'll, I just turned to like a real radio host. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have a new pop album coming out. <laughs> Acid is out now. Yeah. Acid is out. It's a, I love that. Yeah, it's a dope album. Um, I did a, a regimen every week. Uh, Thursday, the Thursday before, I would get the the house together, go to the record shop, buy a record. Just I, I like buying new records, set the vibe, um, do stuff to get the vibe right. You know, get sages and shit. And then on Friday, like I trip and make music, and I just I just produce and jam, and I do these solo jams. And I create and I be trying to push like my creativity and push like the sound. And I did this for maybe like four Fridays. And then I started having writing sessions. And I wake up at 4 a.m. religiously. And um, like that just became the time where like it felt great to write. And um, I had like a chair and I sit in that chair and like write and write and write. And I pushed myself to do the album in like a two month time span. Um, I have it sent out, you know, to have the features done and shout out all the features for like crushing it. Homeboy Salmon, that was that was the first song. Oh, that's a great track. Yeah, like I had done the first acid session, and then maybe later that week, like he was just like we just kicking it at the crib, and he's like, "Yo, play some beats." Like I wasn't even, you know, what I mean, like trying to get like a Homeboy Salmon if he was just like, "Yo, play some beats." And so I was playing some beats. And, um, you know, that one in particular, like, I knew it was wild. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm fuck with this. But he was like, yo, that's the one. Keep that on. And I was like, okay. And, like, I didn't even realize, but he had took one of my rhyme books and, like, wrote his verse in it. And was like, yo, I got a verse done. Like, the fuck? This is my rhyme book. I mean? Um, and I he might, killed the... Yeah. 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 All the special. features did. Shay Noir. Shay Noir. Oh, my gosh. What a beast. Um... I'm gonna drop that video soon. Um, when did that come out? That came out. That was the first single. I mean, the album came out uh, two months, couple months ago. July second, July second. So about a month and some change ago, almost two months because September second's not right around the corner. Um, but yeah, yeah, it came out. Um, shout out to Trevor Lang. Did a lot of joints in his basement and just had him as an ear. Um, Shout out Sauce, brother Sauce Heist. Shout out Sauce Heist. Shout out Jordan, Commandeer for uh, doing the art. You know what I mean? Putting up with my shit. A lot of times it just act as consultant and like hear all my wild fucking ideas. Yeah. Answer whatever fucking questions I may have and then try and turn those shits into reality. Like, yo, bro, I want to do something larger than life with this album. I don't know what the fuck to do. Fuck. Get a text message a day later, like, yo, bro, you want to do a billboard in Times Square? That is what you had two, right? Yeah. The second one was that was for a show that I was on, and somebody put up like a billboard there, but I thought that was cool as shit. Still. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I mean, just the fact that it was twice, like, within, like, you know, a, a, a billboard in time, other than you and fucking Westside, like. Yeah, yeah, shout out Gun. That was super inspiring. You know what I mean? Like, that shit's epic, man. Um, so 
it was just it was just something cool to do and then like i knew that we had a chance to make art you know so like trevor and i really cooked up something special and then like i wanted to really do it super meta and like inception like and like make sure that we made the the video that was on the billboard and then we made a music video around that and so that you know what i mean we could really capture that moment and just have that imagery and and you know make the most out of that that's awesome yeah and then shit i'd be lying if i said that i ain't do something insane in my confidence like just being up on like the jumbo screen like that and just i bet knowing, and you got this space knowing that anything was possible well i mean like this this is after that like just knowing I mean, like, in the anything past is possible. year like fucking it's been a hell of a year man it's been a hell of a year but and like you going, said about the mountaintops yeah and you're going on tour with Florida. oh so i'll drop this announcement man Chapo, fuck it. Uh, I got a tape with Jamal Gasol coming out. That's going to be insane. Sometime in the near, near future. Uh, it's called Oxtail. We got a uh, cover from Squat. From Squat Day. Real shout out, Squat. That's just insane. And then uh, When we're off camera, can I see that? Yeah. yeah. Right. How do you guys link up, you and Jamal? Um, well, one, like I said, that, that show... That Tony Boy put together way back when That's that a had, historic like, show It really is I want to I wanna tell him about that um, That one in particular And um, I, I think I think we like crossed paths there at first And then like You know Just stayed in tune via social media And then um, I just really really had a lot of respect for his work ethic Matter of fact I got the, uh, the piffers here His papers I'm a big fan of them joints Just period So I'll rep for his brand Um but yeah, um, man, I just reached out and I was like, yo, I think you fucking dope. I feel like I can make some beats and some music with you that'll like be different and really like, like I just see what your shit's doing. And then like he, he took the leap. He came out to New York first, rocked out at the compound. You know what I mean? Chilled on the stoop. Took him to get some oxtail. We ended up calling the project that. And um, man, I just... Huge respect for his work ethic, man. That's just crazy. I th- I feel like that tape is crazy. After the year that's been happening, like the fact that that tape is gonna come out is just insane. When is it coming out? Soon. 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 What's is this? It's still August. Yeah. Uh, probably September. Probably before September is over, it's gonna come out. Um. We just we just getting the last of everything, right? Damn. But Staying I'm, busy with your work. But I know we already got like uh, like three videos. Shit. Can. Um, like I said, Squat did the cover. I let you see that off camera, and then um, me and CG did a tape. That that's all I can say is that we we started on um, we co-produced everything together. Like, and that motherfucker is a fucking machine, bro. Like, we had so much. I had so much fun. This that's it's somebody so easy to work with and so seamless, and we just have fun. Like. Like those sessions were fun as fuck. Um, so that's all I'll say is like I'm gonna end the year out with those two projects. I can't wait to hear those. I and, can't um, wait to hear that you and CG tape too. And, um, and CG it, will be on the bucked up EP. And um and for that like it's a lot of other dope MCs that we are gonna have on there. Like you know what I mean like I'm on, I'm on a couple of joints, but I really wanted to get like a lot of my favorite MCs. And like, like, can I you combos. drop any names? No, 
<laughs> you got the Jamal Gasol tape. I, like, I, 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 I gave you that one full out. I'm not pushing it. I gave you that one full out. All right. But um, <laughs> but I'm gonna keep it running after we. I'm just <laughs> now you're not getting anything. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Yo, Buck, I still you need fuck. you to allegedly administer my acid trip. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. I got you. <laughs> allegedly, it's not gonna happen. Dun dun dun. Um. Or, or you know, I've been eating chocolate mushrooms lately. Those are really good. Those too. are fucking good. Um, but I mean, at this point, like, I'm not gonna front. I've been like a lot of people's like shaman or like you know like. You gotta do DMT. I, I do. Oh, I really want to do ayahuasca first, though. I, I want you, that. You should get a short trip before you get the long one. I feel like, and I've definitely like achieved DMT through like breath work because I know that that molecule is actually like a thing. But I, I know the difference too between like using drugs to get. <laughs> you know when someone <laughs> like I've gotten high as fuck no, meditating. You know I'm not gonna so lie. I have two. But I've, you I've know I've, states. I have two. And then but I'm, it's you know when it's like you're you can be so high on edibles, it's the same as a mushroom trip, and then you're in a mushroom <laughs> trip and you're like. This is not the same. <laughs> That's the exact. Because <laughs> I've gotten to those states meditating, and yeah. nothing is as real as fucking me sitting across from my higher power like this. Like, <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you mean. Like I said, that yo that last shit that D Swift gave me, man. Like, I like I changed. I didn't know I could like yeah. Shout out D-Split for that. So next time I trip, though, I'm going somewhere where I could, like, be out in the woods. And, like, if you do it up in New England, I'm popping out. Yo, yo, we'll holler. We'll do something. Thank like, you for coming on, man. Thank you for coming out. To we got to do another one in the future, but this was awesome. This I was love, amazing, man. This was just good vibes. Just a great chill. Bong, bong. All right, we're going to get off camera and get more fucked up. Peace, Peace out, out, you guys. Do something responsible with yourself. Shout out everyone in this room for listening to this conversation. Hey, CC88 hey. Gallery is always yes. Rise, man. It's Shout out CC88 Gallery Space. It's fucking amazing. Wow. Dope. Shout Peace. out Sam Buck and the Bucked Up Podcast. The whole crew is dope. Love y'all. Listen to Acid yeah. by Do Cells. Yeah, go tap in. Peace.